Should we bring more kids into this broken, sin-sick world? What can we do to encourage our grown children and a mom is struggling with an empty nest? This is the Heidi St. John Podcast, and I'll be answering listener questions today. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, hey, everybody. Hope you're doing good wherever this podcast is finding you today. I want to take a minute and just say thank you for everyone who continues to leave reviews and uh, encourage us over here at the podcast. So many things are happening. I just got back from Lincoln, Nebraska. My husband and I spoke for a conference there, and we were reminded, and we say this often to each other, that the state of our country right now, and really the state of the world, doesn't matter where you go, it could be, you know, it could be Eastern, uh, Eastern Tennessee, or Northwest Washington State, uh, the spirit of the age is hard at work to discourage families and to discourage us from wanting to uh, invest in and pour into the ones that God has entrusted to us. I've spent a fair amount of time over the years talking about politics here, and something that I often say is that we need to understand again the importance of the word jurisdiction. In other words, what area does God give us responsibility for? Well, we know as Christians that our very first responsibility starts with our own families, with our children and in our marriages. And boy, the enemy's working really hard at discouraging uh, families. So we were really excited to see so many of you turn out uh, for the homeschooling and marriage conference in Lincoln, Nebraska. It's always a joy for me to speak with my husband and to travel with him. And so thank you guys for coming out for that. This is Mailbox Monday. And of course, uh, as I've done every year for a long time, I'm going to be answering listener questions. Some of you have been asking lately how you get your questions answered at the show. There's a couple of different ways that you can reach out to me, but the very best way is to go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. I want to encourage you to do that. Leave your questions there. Leave them short and sweet and to the point, and they've got a pretty good chance of being on the show. If you are a subscriber to the show, then those questions will always go to the top of the list. And so you can subscribe simply by going over to Spotify. And uh, you have a special way, subscribers have a special way to get a hold of me that allows me to see those questions almost immediately. So we appreciate those of you who are supporting this podcast by becoming subscribers. I'm gonna jump right into one of our subscribers today. Her name is Betsy. She's a VIP subscriber to the show. Hey, Betsy, thank you for being a subscriber. She says, I've been listening to all your podcasts about yoga, and this confirms a conclusion I came to a few years ago. Wondering what you know about Taekwondo, Kung Fu, and Karate. My kids did a few classes when they were younger, and now I'm wondering what kind of influence that may have had. Well, I think as in with everything, Betsy, and I spend quite a bit of time, it seems like always this time of year, uh, listeners writing in and we we have, you know, cultural questions, questions about Halloween and questions about, uh, I don't know why, but the yoga question comes up this time of year. I think it's maybe because we're coming out of the summer months and everyone's settling into the fall routines. We're trying, at least I am trying to get back into my exercise routine and uh, I am still... I feel I feel like I'm about 85% back from a surgery that I had this past February. So it's been a bit of a long haul for me. Um, but I think that's kind of what brings this stuff up, right? Our lives hopefully slow down a little bit in the fall months and we settle in. I am looking forward to putting a fire in my fireplace and sitting around the fire at night. 
And I was just telling Jay the other day, I'm really looking forward to our fall um, uh, bonfires that we have sometimes out in our in our uh, on our property. Looking forward to doing that. And it gives us a little bit of time for self-reflection. And I think that's really good. This is what the Bible encourages us to do. We are always supposed to be asking the Lord for um, his Holy Spirit to show us the parts of our lives that don't please him. The blessings of God are always found as we walk inside his boundary. And we can spend you know, a lot of time spinning our wheels when if we would just go to the word and ask the Lord to help us, we would find the answers that we need. And Betsy, that's what I would encourage you to do. So it sounds to me like you're doing some reflection and that you're thinking about some classes that you put your kids in when they were younger, Taekwondo, Kung Fu, that kind of thing. You heard me with my guest on the show last week talking about his upbringing in uh, Buddhism and what he understood about the martial arts and how he does not participate in those anymore. And I think so much of this is, it's like the stretches in yoga. If you do them in order, if you do them as yoga and you're participating in the sun salutation and the this and the that, and we don't understand what we're inviting or we don't understand what we're participating in, uh, I think once we understand, it's like saying, you know, you can't unsee it, right? Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Once you see a fully foreign human baby inside of its mother, you can't unsee that. When you see a, a little uh, baby's beating heart at six weeks, you can't unsee that. You know that abortion takes the life of that little innocent human being. Well, I think it's the same thing as we begin to sort of dig into the new age roots and the Hindu roots and the Buddhist roots of some of the martial arts. It's the same thing with yoga. Ask the Lord to help you, to show you what he would have you do. We want our lives to bring him glory. Uh, I've been teaching for the past several weeks, uh, live and in person, at, at Firmly Planted Family, taking women through the book of Revelation. We are recording those videos so that they can be available for purchase and you guys can uh, match the videos then up with the Bible study that I've written. But it comes up over and over again that um, that the Jesus, I mean, one of the, the, the you know overriding themes of obviously in the book of Revelation is judgment. Judgments lets, lets us know that one of these days the Lord Jesus is going to return according to the Bible, and God is going to set things right. This world is groaning, literally groaning, aching uh, under the weight and the burden of sin. The Bible teaches us that uh, all creation is groaning under the weight of sin. And yet we are told not to be troubled in Matthew 24, verse 6, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. We know that the world groans under the weight of sin. And the Bible exhorts us not to participate in evil deeds of darkness. We are not to participate in as much as it depends on us with things that we know uh, are displeasing to the Lord. And so we want to uh, we want to come before the Lord and just lay our hearts out there and say, Lord, I'm willing. Show me. This is what King David did, right? He said, search me. Lord, try me. See if there's anything in me, anything in my life that doesn't bring you glory. And if we're honest, uh, men and women, we can all think of things in our lives that we struggle with, things that don't bring the Lord glory. And that's what he's after. He wants us, he wants our lives to give him glory. And so if participating in yoga is the opposite of giving glory to the Lord, then we need to reevaluate that. 
And that's what I started doing. You know, when I when I was confronted with my own participation, I just said, "Lord, show me if 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 I'm if it's okay, then I want it. I want to hear it from you." And I would think that 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 would be uh, Betsy, where you want to start. Ask the Lord, Father, is this okay? Show me in your word. God will show you. I talked uh, a couple of days ago about dream catchers. You know, questions that. Um, that are that can can border on legalism, right? Does God care if you've got what you consider to be, you know, a Native American piece of art hanging up on your wall, but now you know, hey, that's a dream catcher. You certainly don't want it hanging above your bed. You would never say to your kids, hey, this is catching your dreams. And the bad dreams are going through the hoop and the good dreams are dripping down through the feathers. I think that's weird and it's demonic. And we wouldn't want to participate in that. But you've got to be asking the Lord because God wants to speak to you. Uh, when our conscience is seared, and the Bible talks a lot about this, we'll know it because we feel this sense of shame and grief and sometimes even fear that comes in because we've done something that has violated the Spirit inside of us. And so remember, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then then God tells us his Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. And we don't want to quench the Holy Spirit. We don't want to grieve him. And so uh, let's be coming to the Lord. And uh, Betsy, that's what I'd encourage you to do. I actually wasn't aware of the new age components of things like Taekwondo and Kung Fu uh, until just a few years ago. But I got to tell you, I know a family, it's a black belt uh, family in karate, and uh, these guys are followers of Jesus. They love the Lord. They told me they took all of that uh, Eastern religion and the Eastern mysticism and the New Age components just stripped it completely out, and they made it into a sport as a family. So, uh, so I'm not here to tell you one way or the other. I just I'm I'm going to say, come before the Lord and do what David did. Lord, search me, try me, show me, open my eyes. This is what we need to do. We're living right now, uh, I think, in an incredible time in the history of our world and of certainly of our nation, where we're living through unparalleled deception, where we're talking openly about whether or not men can become women. It's patently absurd. It's completely false. I sometimes wonder if this is the, the great deception that the Bible speaks about because we can see that it's wrong and yet we're being told that it's right. And if you don't uh, if you don't capitulate, if you don't go along with the new orthodoxy, somehow you're a bigot and a hater and a racist and a liar. But yet the Bible is very clear about male and female and we need to ask the Lord for help. We're living in an incredible time. So just deception like I have never seen it before and a generation of biblically literate Christians, men and women who who can sing all the songs and we know every contemporary worship song that was ever written, but we don't know God's word and we can't defend it. Men and women, be in the word. I exhort you, open your Bible. I loved what Steve Demi said last week about just opening your Bible. He said, listen, um, you know, a chapter a day, you know, before you go to bed at night or maybe after breakfast in the morning, whenever your family is together, a chapter a day, take you all of seven minutes. The word of God, men and women, is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. If you want to know him, read his word. He reveals himself in his word. Next question came from an anonymous listener in Washington state. She said, Heidi, I'm biased, but I have four beautiful adult children that are out working and going to church and involved in various activities. Where are the spouses? 
how do we get these 25 plus aged kids married if they aren't finding them at church? And I know we are to wait on God and trust him. Well, Anonymous, I mean, you basically just answered your own question, right? Our our job is to wait on the Lord. Our job is to say, uh, Father, you see that I have these wonderful kids. I love to see them married. Is that your plan? Maybe it isn't his plan. Maybe that's not what God wants for your kids. I mean, there's a good chance that it is. But as a as a mother who's had, you know, some of my kids have gone past 25 and have not been married, and I, I know what that feels like, right? You almost start to... Um, well, panic's not the right word, but we we urgently want our kids right to settle into a life that they can uh, that they'll thrive in. And for some of our kids, that's going to mean that they don't get married. And for other ones, maybe they're going to get married a little bit later in life. But your primary prayer should be that your children are walking with the Lord, right? That they're listening for the Lord's voice and that they're finding joy in what God's created them to do. And I think sometimes as parents, we can put this pressure on our kids, you know, like. Um, you know, wishing we want so badly for them to be married that maybe we're making them think about it more than they're already thinking about it. And I would just encourage your kids through this season of life, having kids, you know, I have kids that in this age category uh, in their 20s and 30s now. And I'm I'm telling parents, you know, come alongside your kids and encourage them to walk with the Lord and encourage them in the season that God has them in. And so that's, you know, getting involved in their local churches, it's it's volunteering, it's becoming better at the career choice that they've uh that they've decided to pursue and then letting them know that you're in their corner, that you're not worried about whether or not they're going to find a spouse because you know that God's going to direct them. And I think that takes the pressure off and uh, I would still I would just say just, you know, as long as you can, just enjoy your kids. I heard something really funny, and I wish I could remember where I heard it. I don't know if it was in passing or on an airplane or something. Uh, but this this 80s, you know, this this woman who looks to be about the age of one of my daughters was, you know, talking to her mom who raised her in the late 80s and early 90s. And she was like, you know, how did you do this without Google? Didn't you just feel the, the pressure of, you know, you only have 18 summers with your kids, you know, and we we get these moms into like panic mode. And listen, Anonymous, I know this isn't your question. I'm just sort of rabbit trailing. But we get these young moms into panic mode. You know, I only have 18 uh, summers with my kids and everything has to be spectacular. And And her mom looks at this young woman and she said, how old are you? She said, 34. And she goes, I still have you. You know, and 34 summers, and here you are, you know, uh, I think sometimes we overthink things and we want to be really careful not to do that because, you know, part of the joy of motherhood and fatherhood and just parenting in general is that hopefully, you know, we're going to have these wonderful people in our lives, all of our lives and seeing us through the different seasons and we see them through different seasons as well. So lean in uh, and enjoy, enjoy your kids. MyPillow is having a mattress sale. I have a MyPillow mattress and I love it. In fact, I'm getting ready to buy another one for my daughter. Right now, the complete mattress system is on sale for 50% off. This system comes with two free premium MyPillows and a free set of Giza Dream bed sheets. Mattresses come in coil and foam in a wide range of sizes from twin to split king and carry a 10-year warranty with a six-month money-back guarantee. Call 1-800-447-0541 or visit MyPillow.com and use promo code HEIDI to save 50% off the complete mattress sleep system. 
This deal won't last long. Enter promo code Heidi to save 50% today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. An anonymous listener in Tennessee wants to know my thoughts in regards to haunted houses. Her oldest is 15 and trying his best to argue reasons why it would be fun to go. But my heart and gut is to say no. Do you have any scriptures or suggestions on how we can talk to him to help him understand that we have his best interest at mind, uh, in mind rather? So first of all, I mean, you guys know what how, what I'm going to say about this. I told you I grew up doing haunted houses. My grandparents held, you know, hosted them at our property out in Boring when I was uh, younger, and we had a hoot and holler and good time, scaring the, the the wits out of each other. In recent years, I would say probably in the last for sure in the last five years. My heart has become increasingly troubled by what I'm seeing around me. And when you recognize, oh, hey, uh, this doesn't please the Lord. You know, the Bible says in Romans that we're to cling. That's the word that the Apostle Paul uses. We're to cling to what is good. He wants us to hang on to, you know, would hang on to it. And this is anything but good. And so I would challenge your son, you know, Show them these verses that say have nothing to do with the evil deeds of darkness. The Bible says to cling to what is good. Philippians 4.8 says whatever is good, whatever is right, whatever is lovely, let your mind dwell on these things. I think it's a good conversation to have with your 15-year-old son. Treat him like an adult and say, how do you reconcile going to a haunted house with uh, these scriptures? And let him process through those things with you. I think sometimes we can uh, we can discourage our kids from having these conversations because we want to preach at them or lecture them or tell them the way it is. And I've certainly that tends to be my mo a lot, as any of my kids will tell you. But I've mellowed out a lot as an older mom, and I want to hear uh, I want to hear my kids processing these things out loud. They have to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit for themselves, right? And so, I mean, obviously, he's just 15 years old, and so you still get to make that decision for him. Um, you said right here in your question that your heart and gut say no, so that's the answer. Tell your son, no, we're not going to let you do that. When you're 18 and you want to go to a haunted house, then that's going to be your – then that'll be your decision to make before the Lord. But right now, I am responsible for you. God will hold me accountable for what I do and do not allow you to do. And so I would say, no, you can't go. But I also would be encouraging the conversation. And then maybe you do something different. Maybe you go to the, you know, the the pumpkin patch. I mean, we do that every year with our kids, you know, take care. Do, there's hay rides and the corn mazes and all the things. There's a lot of different things that you can do besides having your son go to a haunted house. And by the way, the haunted houses of today are so much worse than the haunted houses of the 70s and the 80s and even the 90s. We're talking about uh, usually sexual sin, bondage, all kinds of weird, gross stuff in these haunted houses. This is darkness. And the Bible says that we're not to have anything to do with it. Uh, Kelly in Iowa is asking if Christians should go to Bible college. She says, Heidi, a friend of mine has a son similar in age to mine. 
They are both interested in engineering. I am looking at my son going to a Christian college for engineering. She says that college should be for learning more about the Bible, so Christian students should go to Bible colleges. They can find work without a degree. So is college for more training in the Bible or training in their career field? Uh, And if at a Christian college, training for their career from a biblical worldview? Well, um, you guys have heard me say this many times. I actually think that most of, a lot of the kids, if not most of them that are in college right now, don't know what they're doing there, um, don't even need to be there. I'm a huge fan of the trades. That said, there are some professions, obviously, that require a college education. I would not send my child to college or even encourage him to go unless they had an absolute reason for wanting to be there. So if you have a kid who wants to go into engineering, you're going to need a degree for that. And so I disagree. I think we can pursue academic excellence as um, men and women of God. And frankly, I think we need more Christians out in the marketplace, right? People that are strong in their faith and can excel in the gifting that God has given them. Some of our kids are going to be teachers. Some of them are going to be lawyers and judges and doctors and nurses and engineers uh, and city planners, architects. We need all of these, uh, all of these people in the world right now. And so if that's where your child is interested, then I would pursue that. We've had lots of conversations at our home about colleges, um, you know, and we wanted our kids to be where God wanted them to be. This is why it's so important, men and women, that you train up your children when they're young so they can hear the voice of the Lord and follow it. So that if they go to a liberal arts university in the middle of downtown Los Angeles, they're not going to be swayed by the culture because they know who they are, they know who God is, and they can defend their faith and they know the word of God. Uh, This is the most important thing. But I'm not anti college. I'm not even anti-secular college. I think just know what you're getting into, right? The, in the world that we live in now, the secular world is very, very anti-God. And so you just have to be prepared for that and prepare your children for it. I think an interesting way maybe to look at this, Kelly, and I really do appreciate your question uh, because it tells me you're thinking about this and it's so important. I actually have more concern in some regards with Christian colleges, because we send our kids to these Christian, so-called, I put it in air quotes, you know, Christian colleges, and they're a Christian in name only. And we allow, we we let our defenses down. At least if you send your kid to, you know, the University of Idaho, they're going to know that they're stepping into a leftist anti-God culture and their guard will be up. But we send them to a, you know, a Christian university that turns out to be Christian in name only. They let their guard down. And before you know it, um, they're absorbing all kinds of, uh, you know, crazy ideology in the name of Christ. I can think of a couple universities right here in Washington State that would fall into that category. So uh, really important, I think, as we, you know, move forward, you've got to have discernment. Ask the Lord. Pray about it. But I don't think that college is simply for just training in the Bible. And frankly, there are Bible colleges that are pretty far off. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, the one that I went to, the one that my husband and I went to in Portland, I wouldn't send my own kids there. And that's the truth. My son right now is a senior at Portland Bible College. We love that college. It's been great for him. He he is uh, training to go into the pastorate. And so that's a good place for him. I also think it's a great place for a gap year. I'm a huge fan of a gap year or maybe two gap years. You know, why do why do we assume that just because our kids turn 18, all of a sudden they got the world by the tail, got it all figured out, 
um, let them go and get a job and see what it, it takes to like provide for themselves and set up a, a life. They don't, unless they really know what they want to do, I don't think there's any reason why we just send them right off to college and hope that they figure it out. So anyway, um, I feel like that's a really important topic. And the last question that I'll I'll take on today, and I'm, I'm a little bit over time, and I'm going to be kind of short with this, Bethany, because I've, I've answered this question recently at the show, but she's asking uh, if we should want more kids with the state of the world. She said, Heidi, my husband and I have five kids. We still have an urge for just one more. But with us being on one income family and our world today, should we be happy with just our five healthy, thriving kids? Well, listen, Bethany, I love your question. I never talk people out of having babies. <laughs> uh, the best, one of the best things that Jay and I ever did was make babies and have a family. In Jeremiah 29, if you go back to verse 7 of Jeremiah 29, God's giving instruction to the, to the prophet through the prophet Jeremiah to the nation of Israel who had wound up in a Babylonian captivity for 70 years because of their disobedience. That's an entire lifetime, you guys, uh, because of their disobedience to the Lord. So some of those some of those kids were born in captivity and they died in captivity. Some were born mid midway and they got to see, you know, the Israelites freed from their uh from their self-imposed um punishment, right? But his instruction to them was have children. Plant vineyards, marry your sons and daughters. He said, pray for the peace and prosperity of the city in which you live because its welfare will determine your welfare. If that's not a message for the church right now, I don't know what is. So if you guys have a heart to have another baby, then have another baby. You know, ask the Lord. Uh, people often, you know, will ask me, you know, when did I have our last daughter? I was 41 when she was born. And that little girl is almost 13 now. One of the best things that I ever did was have a baby in my 40s. She's just a delight. And the Lord knows the time and the seasons that we live in. And so I think don't raise your children uh, in fear. Instead, raise them in faith and trust that God's going to work in the lives of your children and in your life as well as you raise those kids. One more. My goodness, you guys, I'm way over today. Uh, Stacy in Colorado. She said, I'm wondering if you could touch on the topic of the empty nest. We've raised and homeschooled four wonderful kids and two have just launched well into college and internships and we still have two at home, but I can certainly see the empty nest in the not too distant future. I'm grateful I have a good marriage and good relationship with our kids. I work part-time um, but I'm sensing a struggle with the shift of my soul from pouring into my kids and not being needed as much and wondering where I invest now. What is my new purpose in phase two of my life? I love my husband, look forward to spending more time with him. But we have so enjoyed a full table at dinner and thinking of just two, again, is tough to get my head and heart around. Well, Stacy, let me tell you, uh, you're not alone. I just started our homeschool year with our last and uh, I, I have cried over it. And I think um, I wanna just encourage you. I feel like, you know, moving the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, that there is a season for everything. And your season for parenting is just exactly that. It's a season. And one at some point it it comes to an end. But I want to encourage you as you move forward that a new season is on the horizon. And so uh, as you as you consider what what an empty nest is going to look like for you, ask the Lord to give you new vision, new passion, new direction. My husband had encouraged me a long time ago to write a book, and uh, I'm telling you what, I'm so busy, you know, doing the things that I'm doing and spending time with my daughter, and I'm thankful 
now that I have some an, an, another thing that I'm doing so that when she is done with high school, I will have something that I'm doing also. This is something I hear from homeschool moms all the time. They pour into their kids and then, boy, that transition can be really bumpy. But I like you to know, and this is what encouraged my heart uh, after I had my hysterectomy and I realized, you know, 13 years ago that my time for having babies had come to an end. Um, I think if you don't grieve it, you did it wrong, right? It's it's good to look back and say, thank you, Lord, for that beautiful time that you gave me with my kids. Thank you for the season because it really is just a season. And women, you can't have babies forever. I know some of you are listening to this in your 30s and you're think, you think, you know, I'll be having babies forever. No, you won't because your body will tell you that you can't do that anymore. And that season two will come to an end. And so enjoy the season that you're in and ask the Lord for a vision for the future. Um, and I can tell you right now, I am enjoying the more time I'm getting with my husband. And uh, marriage is so worth it, you guys. Pour into your marriages because it's the gift that keeps on giving. It's like uh, if you nurture it and you do it right, it's like fine wine. It just gets better with age. And so I would encourage you that direction. Stacy. I love your heart. And uh, it sounds to me like you've just been a wonderful mom to your kids. Enjoy these last two that you have at home. Keep your eyes on the horizon because God's got good things for you in the days to come. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate your support of this podcast through subscribing to it. And we want to say thank you. We've got some really special things coming for subscribers this fall. And we're going to make an announcement today. And that announcement is this. We have five winners for uh, copies of my new book. And so everyone who, uh, who all the subscribers who put their name in the hat for that, I want to say thank you. And I want to give you, so I'm going to give you the names of those winners. So if you are a VIP subscriber to the show and you put your name in the hat to win a copy of my brand new 365-day devotional, here are the winners for that drawing. Tammy Tauhu. I'm not sure how you say your last name, Tammy. Sorry if I slaughtered that. Uh, Devi, Devi Pirello, Stacy Hamrick, Kim Carroll, and Jill Wells. Congratulations, you guys. We're going to be sending you a copy of Mom Strong 365, and I hope it blesses you. Everybody else, if you'd like to get a copy of my brand new book, hop on over to Amazon or anywhere that books are sold, and you can find that. It is a 365-day devotional. I think that you will love it and I hope that it blesses you. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Love your people well today. And I will see you right back here again tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.